Angel, too. Kira? But Kira... The Eternal and I will take care of things here. The rest of you, head for Requiem! Um, that's an order. Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that now has to watch Destiny. My name is Jeremy. I'm the penultimate host. I'm Tyler. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Is there light there? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what the light is showing me at the moment, but uh, it's showing me something. My name is Zach. All right. We would be on the final episode if we had watched another Dumb Club episode, but we didn't, so we're only on the penultimate episode. I feel like I've explained it a thousand times, but once more, just in case you weren't paying attention, we are watching the HD version of Gundam Sea Destiny, which is basically the only version you can find anymore. It was released in 2011, I want to say. It, it, I think that was seen. But anyway, it was released recently. In this version, they removed one of the clip episodes and expanded the last two episodes out using material from the special edition ending as well as the movie ending. So we have two more to go, but these last two episodes would have been combined into one in the original airing. And I will talk about the differences. Most of them are in the second episode. Interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine this episode mashed together with some of the stuff in the second episode and like it would have felt a little bit rushed. Yeah, There's a lot in this, isn't there? Yeah. I will say the expanded ending, I think, is much, much better. It doesn't actually address any of the underlying problems in Destiny. It doesn't fix it. It doesn't make it good. But it gives a bunch of characters ending moments, at least. Yes, as a final episode, it's better. Yes, definitely. By far. Although it still has a lot of problems with stuff not being set up properly and a bunch of character motivations just being decided by random lot. And there's (laughs) there's at least one very strange incident in the (laughs) last episode. I'm trying to get my head around. Yeah, well, well, we will definitely get there. I I was hoping Tyler would have a note on it, but he forgot his notebook, so. I probably have a note on it, although I'm not sure what we're talking about, so. All right. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Are we talking about the sweet <laughs> <laughs> We'll get there. No. Now, that, that's, we'll get that's, there. Ne- that's next episode. I have to beat that out. It's a spoiler. Yep. <laughs> kind of? It's kind of a spoiler. I will say, just to get out of the way, the... Starts of the various episodes are kind of interesting. We get a last time on in this version. We'll get into it when we start doing the episode proper. The original airing had no last time on. It just got right into it. Well, they definitely didn't have the time for a last time on. The Chosen Future, which I guess I didn't really talk about, that's the original expanded ending to Destiny. It came out two months after Destiny finished airing on Christmas Day as a 55-minute expansion of the last episode. It begins with Ray talking about the Garden of Eden and the serpent, and it is some philosophical nonsense that has nothing to do with the episode, as far as I can tell. And I am glad the HD version decided not to keep that. It sounded like he thought he was an Evangelion for a few minutes, and then... <laughs> yes. So yeah, we will be watching Phase 49, The Final Power. You can watch along on Crunchyroll or YouTube if you like. And this episode's okay. We start, as I started saying, with a pretty long last time on that's got people getting lasered, Kigali being shocked, Shin being shocked, snipers, get down, Miss Presidents, 
War was beginning. Inverted stock footage attacks. <laughs> Palpatine. Cry golly. The savior getting saviored. The destroyer getting destroyed. The freedom that one time it got stabbed. Mir Campbell not going with Atherin. Shin trying to kill Atherin. Well, and trying to kill Kira. <laughs> Zero for two. Cool Death Star runs. Shining fingers. Spinning. That's a good trick. <laughs> Death Stars. Yeah, see, who said this series is bad? It's got all this. More Death Stars. <laughs> yeah, secondary Death Stars. Everybody taken off. I almost considered before we watched Destiny showing you this last time as like a sizzle reel, Tyler. <laughs> and you trying to figure out what this series was from that. I feel like that would have actually been pretty funny. I seriously considered it. What's hilarious is that Stella, not in this recap. Her oh. death is. She's not. Tyler, she's not important. She's just a girl. They All they do is die to motivate people or let people lay in their lap. That's all girls are good for, don't you know, <laughs> having watched Gundam Seed Destiny. Yeah, so having watched, well, except Talia. She hey, shoots people. Lacus. Lacus is good for something else. And what that is is left as an exercise for the reader. <laughs> Singing, obviously. Get your mind out of the gutter. I now want a, uh, just a music video that is Lacus singing, War. Huh. <laughs> what is it good for? <laughs> No, no, no. You, you, you do it to uh, sabotons. You're in the army now. I was trying to make American Idiot apply to one of the plants, but none of them quite work. Yeah, no, I was, I was just like running through a list of them. Januarius, an idiot. Nope. Marcius. Aprilis. Don't want to be an Aprilis. Nope. <laughs> uh, how many? Do they, do they go all the way through December? Yeah, there's Decemberus we've seen. Yeah, because didn't it take the hit? In the, yeah, la- in the first I don't, one? We don't know what the November one is called, but I assume there is one. It might just be November. The March one might also just be March, instead of just instead of what Tyler said, Marches. Okay, well, no, I, I think November might actually work. Don't want to be a november idiot. No, the, no, the problem is too many, too many syllables. Just yeah. one. It worked in my head. I don't know what I missed. Anyway. A lot. So we open up with Shin fighting Kira. A lot of the Shin, Atherin, Ray. Kira four-way here is added footage. There's a little bit in the original, but they've expanded it a bit. I mean, it opens up with the stock footage attack of his boomerangs. I think that's newly animated. I don't I'm think we've seen sure him we've, we've throw seen them do that, that way. Before. Kira just dodges and puts his guns together like the Arca. So Ray gets involved with his funnels. But Kira, Kira has a legit new type flash. Yep. They still haven't explained it. Now it's even more weird because before in Gundam Seed, as we talked about it, it was just Mu and Rao. And now Kira's getting in on that. That's why he's the ultimate coordinator. Well, now he has funnels, Zach, so he must be a new type. Kira throws up his beam shields. We get newly animated for this, uh, for the chosen future originally, but we've seen it a thousand times in the opening footage of Kira deploying his funnels on the legend, which does look quite good. And the legend counter deploying funnels. But Atherin shows up to distract him. uh, So apparently while Kira and... Ray are going at it. Atherin and Shin were just on the sidelines watching. Well, Kira was fighting both of them. I'm pretty sure Atherin just arrived. To well, he fight. was fighting Shin. Kira was. Very briefly. Oh, was he? Well, no, yeah, at the no, end Shin, of the last no, episode. I, I oh, was yeah. saying in this scene here. Shin threw his be- boomerang. That was at the Freedom. At the Freedom, yeah. yes. But then Ray showed up and was like, I got this, Shin. And now Shin hasn't shown up again. It's just been Kira versus Ray. <laughs> yeah, well. He got until tagged Atherin out. showed up and is now tagging in. I didn't say it's a good four-way. No chemistry. No one knows who's pitching, who's receiving. <laughs> so we see him deploying a whole bunch of Zaku's from the Death Star as Palpatine is sitting in the middle of his, you know, his Death Star bridge. 
Throne room. Throne, throne room. room is the word you are looking I, for. Well, the thing is, like, it is a throne room, but at the same time, he has a whole bunch of dudes working there. So it's not like Zach combined function and form. The okay, so it is, it's a working throne room. Uh, I really want that to be on a poster. Function and form. The destiny plan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can tell Durandal's the good guy because he says to make sure that no survivors escape. He's just being thorough. We get some battleship babble on the Eternals bridge. I'm really sad that Lacus doesn't shout out random orders like Maru does. I really want her to go, Tai! Well, it's because Lacus is smart enough to recognize that she doesn't actually know what she's doing no. in commanding the ship, so she leaves Walfeld for that. The Archangel fires some missiles, and we also get another shot originally for the chosen future we've seen a thousand times in the opening of a bunch of dumbasses shooting the Akatsuki <laughs> and killing themselves on it. <laughs> So we've seen that ship deflect the Tonhauser grade laser. Maybe if we all shoot it at the same time. To be fair, this is a different battle. Maybe these guys weren't there. You'd think someone would have updated them that don't shoot lasers at that thing. And Moo's like, this isn't going so well, even so though apparent- I just had six dumbasses kill themselves. So Shin on me. has tagged back in in battle with the freedom. Yep. It actually kind of is a chaotic four way. They're kind of going between each other. Millie says the Kusanagi and the Tsukiyomi are all fine, so if you're named after a Sharingan, you're good, (laughs) but otherwise. All those Federation ships that came with them, not fine. So a whole bunch of units are cleared for takeoff from Zaft and a bunch more Zaku's launch. So there's a uh, rather large fleet of Zaku's attacking what I'm assuming are, I'm going to use this term from the last time around because it's easiest, three ships alliance forces because we see some daggers in there and some uh, astrays. This is a new shot from the movie, I'm pretty sure, because these are guys from the astray manga. I was gonna, These two are? Yeah. I was wondering who they were because they seemed- They like, do seem designed, don't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. They are mercenaries from the astray manga that were canonically at this battle. So they just tossed them in here because why not? Yeah. And they team up to kill one guy, and then we never see them again. It did seem a bit like that was a planned thing, so like I wondered about that. Yeah, because there's not nearly as much just random forces battle in this episode as there was in seed equivalent episodes. Well, and I think part of that problem is that we don't have really... Kind of the equivalent to the Astray Girls that we have are the Black Tristars. And arguably those Murasami pilots that faded into the background as soon as the Archangel went to space. But the problem is we haven't seen the Murasami pilots in a while. That's why I was saying that the yeah. Black Tristars are the guys that are kind of taking over for them. But we haven't spent nearly as much time with them around. Yeah, like, would we care if any of the Black Tristars died in this battle? I mean, they get their names here. Do they? I don't remember that happening at all. But So Atherin's like, hey, we walked into their trap. While we're busy here, the Requiem's going to fire and destroy Orb. Atherin tries takedown again. I actually really like the shoulder charge that Atherin does into the Destiny. Yeah, I like it too. It's just reused animation. And like, it seems like we should be getting new stuff for the final episode. Or at least one of the final series confrontations. Yeah. Shin and Atherin do have little beam clashes while we see the Neogenesis is charging up. And Atherin's like, ah, oh, at this rate, Orb will be hit. That is kind of, in theory, operating as a, uh, a countdown timer. It's a ticking bomb. And it's just reminding the viewer that, hey, this is coming up because it goes to Durundle and his, uh, it's at 40%. Even more cuts an Orb and is like, look, Kigali, she hasn't said anything in a while, but she might die here. She's a target. She doesn't get lines. She's just the target. And no, not the kind you can buy stuff at. So the Impulse is leading a attack against the Archangel and Eternal. With the Minerva right behind it. Presumably the uh, Three Ships Alliance flagships here basically were like, all right, ignore that. We've got more important things to deal with because they kind of did. Yeah. 
I do love this shot of the Archangel shooting the Valiants to the rear, because the Valiants are the main thing, I think, that makes the Archangel better than the Minerva. Because it can fire the firing arcs on them. Well, I think the way it's kind of intended from what we've seen before for the Eternal, or not Eternal, Minerva, (laughs) is that it's intended to have Zaku's for point defense. True. The Black Tri-Stars launch, and they take out all of Luna's wingmen. Effortlessly. (laughs) It's like synchronized swimming, only it's synchronized destroy the Zaku's. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, apparently this is really getting under Luna's skin. Yeah, because she is like, ah. What is with you? Every time, it's you motherfuckers. I mean, by every time, I mean that one time it's happened. So, Ray jumps in to dance with Atherin because he wants to get involved. So, Kira tags out for Shin. A bunch of stock footage attacks land near the Eternal. And Kira decides to open his mouth like, hey, Atherin, you go ahead. Archangel as well. I love this moment. I do too. Kira's saying, hey, me and Lacus will handle this. You guys go handle that other thing. So, we have main characters angled at both super weapons. He says, as he launches his funnels at the Destiny, and there, I actually really love the shots of the Destiny trying to dodge them, and he manages to block all the funnels, but the Freedom strafes him with the rail guns and gets in a hit. Cure follows up with, um, that's an order. <laughs> like, he's not entirely sure. He's like, I'm not used to having a rank. My rank is boyfriend, and I'm pretty sure I outrank all of you, but... Uh, I really love this scene, though, because he says, you know, um, that's an order, and we see on the... Eternal's bridge to Costa and Waltfeld are both like, what? But proud Uncle Moo is like, yeah, I raised that kid. I don't remember some of it, but I I was definitely No, he, he has his memories now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he miraculously got Lohengrind into remembering all of them. I'm sorry, Tonhauser into remembering all of them. Well, that's how it works. The Lohengrind removes memories, but Tonhauser replenishes them. Maru is like, hey, but the Eternal is not an all-powerful battleship. But Lacus is like, hey, Orb is the priority, not us. And then maybe my favorite bit of the episode, Kiarka going, what are we going to do, Isaac? And he angrily is like, protect the Eternal. It's a Zap ship, isn't it? And Kiarka's like, yeah, sure, whatever. (laughs) That is a great moment, though. It's a Zap ship. (laughs) Technically. (laughs) I actually like the shot of the Eternal firing the Meteors. meteors. Yeah. Just as a nice reminder that it actually can do that. Lacus gives a speech about how Kira's right, so Atherin and Maru have to save the world, and she'll manage. She's got Kira with her. And he's got his main character pants on. Maru and Waltfelt have a heartfelt, like, okay, see you later. So the Justice and the Akatsuki and the Archangel all peel off to go after the Requiem. So, this got me thinking. One of the plot threads that they didn't ever tie up was the fact that Waltfeld and Maru were ambiguously a couple at the beginning of this. And I like, mean, I argue in this version, we definitely see the three of them as a thruple at the end, with Waltfeld about to brew coffee for Moo and Maru. That that was going to be my <laughs> argument also, so <laughs> I'm glad we agree. But you're absolutely right, and that was very frustrating, especially in the original, which did not have that shot. That's the best part about The Chosen Future, adds more thruples. <laughs> Kira once again deploys his funnels to stop Ray from pursuing Atherin, and he gets a new type flash to dodge them. This angers Shin, though, and it is now two-on-one on Kira. So Kira's like, fine, I'll get serious. <laughs> Activate seed mode. He's like, oh yeah, by the way, I've got this uh, whole other deck I'm not playing with. Shin is like, I have a big cannon, and Freedom's like, yeah, so do I. Mine's in my belly. I don't even have to draw it. And I, <laughs> So I can still use my other guns. We get an added scene of Durundle being like, hey, Ray, we're almost there. You got to protect Requiem. And he's like, yes, dad. That's what you told me when you sent me out. Thanks. I actually kind of like that there's a shot of Shin angrily attacking the freedom and Kira's just like, dude, 
no. <laughs> I'm busy. Well, I mean, at this point, he's just delaying them from going after Athern, right? All he has to do is dodge if he's got a, the aggro, which Ray points out and is like, Shin, go hang out with your girlfriend and stop Athern. I will take down the freedom. So, when did it happen that Ray suddenly became such a competent pilot? Because, like, it was established that Shin was the best pilot on the Minerva by, like, not a small margin, and now... Like, Ray is causing trouble for Kira? I wouldn't even really say that Ray has gotten any better. He's just in a... He was in a machine with higher performance than he was in previous battles. And here, I wouldn't even say he's really causing Kira any serious trouble. He's slowing him down. Ray slowing Kira down, or is Kira slowing Ray down from chasing Athrun and the Archangel? Oh, no. I'm just saying Kira could just savior that thing and move on. Well, to be fair, when he saved Athern, Athern was hesitating. Ray is That's clearly fair. not hesitating. And Ray has always been a red. He was the wing leader on the Minerva. That's fair. It's a problem with more Luna, we pointed out, but Ray as well. He just never gets to accomplish anything, so he never feels like a competent pilot. Well, he does when they take out all of the destroy Gundams. But the problem there is he's doing it at the same time as Shin and Lunamaria. So any theoretical achievement you could run from that kind of gets thrown by the wayside because he hasn't done anything on his own. Yeah. And they are playing up the Rao connection, so we should, I think, assume that Ray and Rao are roughly equivalent pilots. I think Rao probably had more combat experience, but probably not a significant amount. And he's like, anyway, Shin, you get the justice. Be sure to get that traitor once and for all. My sound tactical decision is I will fight the guy I have personal stakes against, and you will fight the guy you have personal stakes against. And I don't see how this could go wrong. No, see, this is actually a brilliant idea because, you know, you've got a horse in the fight. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's how shonen anime works. You've got a horse in the fight. <laughs> I just want you, like, I'm imagining horses wearing boxing shorts with, like, gloves on their hooves. See, my head combined dog in the fight, horse in the race. And everybody <laughs> knows a bird in the hand is worth two horses in the race. <laughs> Shin remembers that time he almost killed Atherin and seems just grumpy about it, but... Ray reminds him that if he doesn't stop them, the past will be repeated. And he's like, yeah, I don't want my sister to die again or Stella to die again. They only have one more life each. <laughs> and I like how Kira looks at Shin and is like, eh, Atherin can handle him. Hey, I think, look, Ray. I think he's about to stop him, but Ray's got the funnels out and he dodges at the last it's, moment. It's just the way he looks is a matter of like the freedom body language is kind of along the lines of, you know, I could stop him, but then Atherin wouldn't have anything to do. Well, you got to split the XP between the party evenly. Well, and going back to what you said a while ago about Ray giving Kira trouble, this actually kind of goes back to that what happened with Shin early on at the Battle of Orb, where Kira's fighting a ghost now. Although I think he gets over it much faster. I think he gets over it much faster, too. But here, like, it does kind of explain why Kira doesn't immediately just wipe him out. That's fair. Yeah, because he's like, wait, I've seen someone use funnels like this before. He was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to... Atherin effortlessly ing some Zaku's. I'm pretty sure we've seen that shot before. It was but it was just Kira. The freedom. Yeah. Yep. As Kira's like, wait, how is it possible? I want this to be interposed with a bunch of math in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it basically is. It kind of is. It's yeah. funnels instead. Funnels are just math, but cool. Yeah, but math with lasers. So it goes to Shin chasing uh, Atherin around. As Ray says, this time we'll end everything. Flashing beam sabers with the freedom. And well, then they, we get they, the eye catch. They stop on a shot of the two Gundams holding their beam sabers down, and they're not beam saber clashing, they're, they're shield, shield clashing. clashing. Yep. Then I catch. <laughs> then I catch, yes.
Hey everyone, and thank you for listening to this, the penultimate episode, directly on Gundam Seed Destiny. I say directly because we are going to do a recap episode, and hey, if you have something to ask us or would like us to discuss for that, Zach has launched on our Discord an End of Gundam Seed Destiny Questions channel. I think it's just called End of Destiny Questions. Makes sense. You'll have a few weeks to get those in because before we do our recap episode, we're doing our in between that and the next series episodes. If you remember, last time we did Sunrise Island episodes, named for the island that appears in War for Two of Gundam Seed, where Sunrise anime like to put their characters to have a sort of like neutral zone where two opposing factions can talk to each other. We're doing one in honor of Gundam Seed Destiny as well, but I don't think we've actually announced that on the podcast yet, so you'll have to wait until next episode to find out what that theme is. Other than that, hey, I know we're wrapping up Gundam Seed Destiny, but if you like listening to us and have some extra money to throw at us, then you can visit our patreon.com slash last podcasts and do that thing we really appreciate it uh this show has been operating at a loss for ever and ever until we started a patreon and now we're almost breaking even on like domain fees and i think are like slowly paying down all the equipment that we've purchased for podcasting over the years so hey thanks you guys for helping keep us not running at a negative to talk about stupid anime stuff. Um, that's actually really awesome. <laughs> if you are a patron, then hey, the last episode of Destiny is already up on there, as well as a bunch of episodes on the Evangelion Rebuild movies. We did one where we just chatted and built some models the entire time, and that was cool. Um, we might do that again with video sometime. That would also be cool. But even if you don't, hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate that anyone does so in the first place. With that, back to the episode. And now... A word from our sponsors, McDonald's. Literally a sponsor of Gundam Seed Destiny. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about us. That'd be no. fantastic. Ba, 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 da, ba. No, it's th- genocide. Why do you think we have a commercial break in the middle of our episode, Zach? We just don't have any commercials. <laughs> I can't get Manscaped to pay us. They'll pay anyone. <laughs> I-, I have an ad ready about how smooth and trim Kira keeps it for his girlfriend. He's such a live <laughs> anime boy. It writes itself. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and now it's the part where we pause the podcast for Zach to recover. I knew it was a good joke. I didn't think it was that good. See, Manscaped, this is what you're missing. I'm just saying you got to be aerodynamic to get to space. I'm and just Kira saying goes she in and out like of space soft boys. Also that. <laughs> oh, I, okay, I'm good. I. Uh. Anyway, Kira Yamato, smooth like a dolphin. Moving on. The Doms are protecting the Eternal. Again, it seems effortless. There's, there's a real kiss shot of one of them being like, Zaku can't... Oh, I don't have legs. Well, I guess I'll just bazooka this guy. <laughs> so, Walfell's like, hey, let's attack them from the rear so they can't shoot us with their giant-ass Death Star beam. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Be- depending on how fast that thing could pivot, if it's going to take him a lot of time to turn the whole thing around, attacking from the rear where it can't actually shoot you is generally considered a good idea. Yep. Uh, Lacus has a worried look like she's afraid her boyfriend isn't going to make it back in time for the appetizer. As Ray and Kira continue to funnel at each other. Yes, I do love it. But Kira still has math in the back of his head. <laughs> and he's shocked by it. We get the, the shot of the Dom's bazooka-ing and then laser beaming a Zaku. Also, Izak, he's like, ah, cut it out, you guys. Just let the Eternal beat us. And there's this pretty great bit of Izak being like, what the hell is the freedom doing now? And Zierka's like, what? You want him to help you out? And he's like, that is not what I mean. <laughs> Be, being very sincere. Well, I think at the, at the same time, Izak is like, I'm finally on the same team as the dude, and he's nowhere to be found. Atherin has linked up with Moo, 
and they take out some Zakus and Goofs. Apparently, he's managed to basically lose Shin for a little while. Yeah. Yep. What is Shin doing? Did he stop through a drive-thru? He got tagged out again. This little scene was added in the additional version, so maybe they thought it was supposed to go somewhere else or something, because there is a bit later in the series where they're actually together. Moo is like, well, you got a lot of guys, but I got a lot of funnels. Yeah, and then he wipes out, how many were there? Nine? I think there were nine. Um, Talk about an instant ace. He does point out, man, there sure are a lot of them. How does Aft have so many mobile suits still? I'm curious. Did they just ignore see, the treaty? I'm also kind of curious. They're all like new models, too. It's we not see like a they're couple gins. of Gwazis, but for the most part, they're Zakus, they Zakus and Goofs. And like the other question that I have on that count, where are they getting all the people for these? Like you, you can't just train somebody immediately. Like you, you need some practice. This is the end of a war, though, and presumably all of their forces have been called up here. Yeah, but we've also seen them already getting kind of the shit kicked out of them before this. When was the last time Zaf lost a military engagement? Like Orb, but that I was mean, not was that. That, that was not massive casualties. Orb did not pursue. I was gonna say the Requiem, but Requiem attacked the civilians. civilians. Yeah. So I guess that's true. So the Archangel just rips through a Larasia class. And tells the Izumo classes to just go start bombing Requiem. But the Minerva's on them, firing all their missiles. I like how we zoom zoom in on Talia like she actually thinks those missiles are going to do something. They create a nice smoke cloud for the battle to be tense as the Archangel gets a glancing blow with the Grodfrieds, and the Minerva responds with the Azold. And misses. Luna takes out some grunts, but Atherin's here. And she's like, ah, my crush. And Atherin's like, hmm, they only got one pilot left, so I guess that's you, Luna? They've only got one more pilot with a name, so, uh, hi. Now, pardon me while I go kick the shit out of your boyfriend. And Luna's like, ah, he was so dreamy. But also, he stole my sister. And again, I really wish that Luna and Mayron had met up before this, because this doesn't quite play to me. I kind of get it. It's not bad. No, it's it's definitely the best of the bad motivations we're going to get. But the, ah, I hate you because you saved my sister's life, which she doesn't know, to be fair. I mean, the counter, I think, that you get from Atherin, if even with this, that they didn't go with is, uh, oh, you mean when I saved her from Shin killing her? Oh, right. Well, Shin was the one who pulled the trigger. Uh, That's true. Um, I was thinking of the time that Ray followed them to the hangar with With, a machine gun. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yes. Why'd you have to take Mayron? Oh, you mean when I saved her life? I feel like even if there was just a cut of the Black Tricers kicking the shit out of Luna and she was blaming Atherin for that, as a result, this would work better. But anyway, she's like, I got a chance. I'm also a red. And Atherin's and, like, cut it out. And God Atherin's damn like, it, not s- you too. I, I already have enough on my plate. And <laughs> Atherin is just constantly withdrawing. Like, he's not I even like trying to like attack Luna it. until he just was like, you know what? Screw this. And kicks her arm off. Because he, he's got those beam saber legs. Like, on the ankle. It's I rad. actually really like the look on those. I hadn't necessarily noticed them, but the uh, it goes from, like, the toe up to the knee joint. They I think it's the reverse, pro- but yeah. They seem pretty practical, Well, it, it looks like it's one of those things that you can activate when you need them, and they're not active all the yeah. time. Yeah, because we don't always see them on. A- anyway, he kicks her arm off and is like, hey, I don't want to shoot you. And she's like, well, too bad. I want to shoot you. He's like, Vulcan guns. Those will work on phase shift armor, right? And Atherin's like, well... Hey, you remember how we put axes in the boomerang on the Zakus? I got that too. And so he just chops off the Impulse's leg. And this apparently enrages Shin, who is back from his 15. (laughs) (laughs) And Luna's like, ah, Shin, this is why I have a crush on you. And he's like, yeah, stock footage attack, go. This always amuses me when stuff like this comes up. Because Shin is like, you're the absolute worst attacking my girlfriend when she was trying to murder you. 
I'm feel- gonna I'm gonna get revenge on you for that. Do you even like stop and listen to what you're saying? Like she was thinks- literally trying to kill me. He also thinks Athrun's a traitor, though, so... That is like, true, but it reads to me that he's getting all pissed off at Athrun right now because of what he was doing to get Oh, he totally Luna. does, he, because it goes like, how dare you hurt Luna, and Athrun's like, he, he, sh- Seriously? she's fine, <laughs> So the Justice does, it's one shot of activating its grapple anchor, which misses. Uh, we've seen it a thousand times in the opening. This is the last of those shots that was done just for the extended ending. Yes, that's right. In the original Mobile Suit Gundam Sea Destiny, the Infinite Justice never used its grapple anchor. <laughs> I like the, the grapple anchor as a thing, but it never gets a chance to really do anything. Like you said, it, it fires it this one time, misses, and then we get the, it's still a cool shot, but we've seen it a thousand times in the opening where the Destiny and the Justice beam clash and get really close together. So Shin is like, how dare you shoot my girlfriend in seed mode. He's like, I got boosters. And starts boosting him into the moon. While uh, Luna Mario watches and is yelling at everybody. Neogenesis is now up to 60% and Kigali is still a target. And Durandal's like, hey, did we kill any main characters yet? And like, not <laughs> yet, sir. And in the last of the sh- scenes, I think that has been added to this episode. Durandal's like, time for me to think about Rallacruce for a while. Uh, so, and now I'm really sad you, I didn't bring my notes, because for this scene specifically, I was like, Durundle just got really high before this battle, assuming that it would be a foregone conclusion, and now he's tripping balls. <laughs> Man, what did I... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the guy put in this. I want to say for the dub, they got back Raul Crusade's voice actor, but either he forgot the voice he did, or the director told him to cut it out with that accent, so he just kind of sounds like a mean asshole. <laughs> We get the shot of the Justice blocking the Destiny's boomerangs again that we I still like, like so the, much. the kick of the second one. Yeah, it looks cool. As Durandal's like, man, battle, it's so cool. It's like chess. People love to fight. Isn't that right, Ghost Recruce? And he's like, how are you any different? He's like, I just want to win. I'm not sure why I'm making these observations if that's true. but I don't want to fight. I just want to win. Which, if I want to be very, very generous to this theme, I can, like, why add this? Because this is not in the original. So they think this adds something to Durundle. <laughs> I don't feel like, like, I can't think of what it actually would. I think I got there, but it took a lot of getting. So Is that a kind of, they added it because it acts as an explanation for his use of super weapons? No. Well, kind of that, actually. That, that's kind of where I'm going. And it reiterates his relationship with Gladys, which is about to come up again. I think it's mostly, like, you have to add in a step, which is the idea that conflict breeds evolution, right? Even on, like, a micro level. By overcoming conflict, that's how humans grow, right? Kira and Lachis's argument is that that is what the destiny plan will cost humanity. And so he's saying that's not important. Winning is important. The destiny plan is winning. It's fine to sacrifice like the beauty of battle for that. It's a very Gundam wing and not very Gundam seed. Winning isn't everything. It's the only thing that matters. Especially if you're Durundle and his, I guess, possessor, Ghost Lacruce. That's the only thing I can think is to sort of like emphasize that point, which is not well explored in Gundam is that actually Destiny, why, as we've gone uh, over a hundred times. Is that actually why Durundle becomes the bad guys because he's actually possessed by Rallo Crusade's ghost? Yeah, you know what? We'll just make him the supervillain of the entire thing. I mean, I was going to save this for next episode, but what's the conflict in the movie? Because if it's no, not ghost Rallo Crusade, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's uh, actually a horde of Crusade clones who have all commandeered destroys. Aliens. <laughs> I mean... Space whales. Spoilers and you know it. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's figure not a, out where I'm coming from on that one. It's not a trigger anime, Zach. I know. It's Athrun's counterattack, but he's possessed by Rowla Crusade. Athrun's counterattack. <laughs> There's no Shar equivalent to drop a colony on the world and threaten the world after this. No, it's Hathaway's Flash. <laughs> ah, it, it's Kieran Lacus's son who's a who's a terrorist. No, no, no. Sorry, Maru and Moose's son. No, it's like Endless Waltz. It's Talia's son. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> There and, you go. And it's already established that he exists, so... Exactly. Yeah. Maru does a bad job of raising him, and he hates his new mom, and starts an army, and okay. Lacus and Kira have to go slap him. I mean, it comes up later, but, uh, obviously... But she does say visit, not necessarily yeah, I know. raise. Although, do you, she, I, I really don't think that would necessarily stop Maru. Or Moo, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, I guess Gary might still be alive raising the kid, but... <laughs> anyway, Durandal remembers that time that Gary took Talia away. And Rao's like, yeah, but you can't always win. And Durandal's like, yeah, that's why I built two giant laser cannons, Rao. <laughs> I feel like it was a response to Ghost Rao was right. I like this shot of the freedom here. Yeah, it's a reuse from Gundam Seed of him destroying one of Rao's funnels, but it is very cool. Then he does his cool backflip to dodge more of Ray's funnels while Rao and Gilbert are still talking. And more reused shots of funnel destruction as Kira is starting to get the upper hand. And he's like, hey, tell me, who are you? I need to know. Just let me know. I, I, th- this is important. So tell me, who are you? That guy's back. <laughs> the one that got in close enough to the Eternal to actually attack it. They must have given him a new mobile suit. Atherin and Shin do some Dragon Ball Zing at each other. As Gilbert asks Ghost Rao why people bother living, he's like, why are you asking me the biggest nihilist in history? <laughs> yeah, he just laughs at him. It's like, anyway, it's to discover everything sucks and then build two giant lasers to destroy Earth. And Ray is like, I'm sure now you know who I am. Rao the Crusade! And see, Kara, here's your immediate response to that. I killed you once, I can do it again! <laughs> I mean, he gets there, but he takes him a second. Anyway, Gilbert's acid trip is ending. He's coming down. And remembering how hot his girlfriend was in a swimsuit. <laughs> <laughs> Young Gladys, her hair isn't quite as spiked. <laughs> Kira's got the sweats as he remembers what an asshole Rao the Crusade was. And Ray just starts like, he's got, I, I wish he was like reading from a book because he's just spouting Rao the Crusade lines, which I love. It's on a one of the displays in the Providence <laughs> off to the side. Oh, the legend. But legend, yes. Sorry, they're the same goddamn thing. What would Rao the Crusade's pen name be? I mean, Rao the Crusade is it's already, already pretty so good. good. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, Mankind's Future, you're the result, Kira Yamato. Pew pew. And you must vanish from the world for sure this time. And Kira's like, I've already destroyed half of your funnels. Although he does get a really nice shocked face while he has a just like face tank. As Ray's like, hey, if all of the Rally Crusade clones are going to die, then I feel like you should also die. Hey, Lacus went seed mode at some point and seems to have a new fo- new fla- uh, new type flash about her boyfriend. Or she just realized something they could do that'll be real fun after this. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, because she went seed mode, she realized it. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, wait, wait, if he, and, and zero gravity, and uh, yes. <laughs> and Eternal has that one elevator shaft. For whatever reason, I keep forgetting that Lacus, have our eyes always been gray? Uh, yeah, but usually they have the pupils, so they're not nearly as, Okay, it's not nearly as uh, obvious. Anyway, Ray's like, yeah, for the world that's about to be reborn, we need to both die. Flashback to, hey, where's Rao? Rao is no longer with us, but don't worry. You're, You're Rao. Rao. <laughs> I feel like this would have worked a lot better if this had come up at any point before. Like, can you imagine if Ray went into this final battle and put on a mask? Right. That yeah, actually or... would have been way cooler. Yeah, that makes a bit of sense. I get that they want to save it for the end here, but 
if Ray had been struggling between his identity as his own person and being Raul Cruce, that would also make the ending a lot stronger, I think. I like that Gilbert is like, you are also Rao, and uh, Ray just looks confused. (laughs) I gave you his pills. So in a shot that I wish was more detailed, Rathrin has had enough of this battle and just cuts Shin's sword in half. It's a cool shot. I just wish it didn't come out of nowhere. It it is, because we're focused on, like, Ray and his whole interpersonal problem, and just interspersed throughout that is just... Atherin cutting Shin's sword in half and Shin being surprised. And Shin being like, what What is this OP bullshit? I thought they nerfed that. (laughs) I love Kira in seed mode. Just like looking absolutely flabbergasted. (laughs) It is the funniest shit. Who cares how he came back? You killed him once. You can do it again. You've got a better mobile suit this time. Well, yes. And more practice. He doesn't get nearly as beat up killing this Rao as the first one. Ray has some kind of more meaningful philosophical babble about how the one thing you can't run away from is yourself. And there's some pretty good shots of various characters and this point over the series, because this has actually been a theme of the series the entire time. It just hasn't really paid off in any way. We get the shot of all the murdering or murderated coordinators again. And George Glenn, don't forget that guy. As Ray says, we shall return all to what it was meant to be, which makes it seem like he's anti-coordinator when I think he's just anti-Kira Yamato and clones. (laughs) And Kira's like, oh, man, I've been through a lot of lofty speeches, dude. Not the best one I've seen. This is pretty bad, generally speaking. Oh, I lied. There's one more bit of scenes that were added, which is uh, Hilda and Diarca getting damaged. It adds maybe a little tension to the series, but uh, as someone who watched it already and these shots weren't in it the first time, not really. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Diarca being damaged is like, oh, no, Diarca might die. But Hilda, it's like. You literally have had, like, two minutes worth of actual screen time. I don't know who you are, and I don't particularly care. Like I said, I think they're kind of the stand-ins for the Estray girls, but we haven't had the time spent with them. I mean, based on her hair, she's not even from this series anyway, (laughs) so I don't know why we care. (laughs) So Kira finally makes his will save and breaks free of this speech and starts just (laughs) destroying funnels. I like, we also get a quick shot of Blackus, like, relaxing back into her chair. She's like, oh, wait, no, never mind, it's fine. And he says, hey, everyone has just one life, so this is yours, not that assholes. I like how Ray was, like, philosophizing (laughs) at him for a while, and Kira makes this one diplomacy check of, is your life, not his? (laughs) Ray clearly fails it. Yeah, and he's like, oh no, what do I do? I guess I have to sit still for this stock footage attack. Oh no, it's got so many beams, my everything. (laughs) So he he gets uh, gets saviored. Yes. I mean, at least there are a lot of lasers. We see some Marasames doing a bombing run on the Requiem, but it's got that shielding that just stops projectile attacks. I do kind of like the scene of the Murasames doing their bombing run because it is something special that only the Murasames can really do. Yep. The Azumo classes all fire their the low orb, and grin. The orb capital ships fire all their low and grin. But it still while has the, a shield. While the Minerva and uh, Archangel are still dogfighting. And Maru's like, hey, we're busy. What's Atherin doing? Hope, hope he did it. And Millie's like, oh, I can't find him. And Maru's like, well, then I guess we have to assume we'll do it. And Maru's like, I'll go. I'll take, like, Bill and Fred, and we'll do it. I do like how it's not a matter of, I'm going to go do it alone. It's, I'm going to, you know, get in contact with our other guys. It kind of tries to make it feel like there's more going on by having more people. But the problem is, they're all basically off screen for 95% of it. Yeah. 
yeah, like I said, the end of C just felt so much more epic. They just did so much better of a job of making it feel like this gigantic battle. And part of that is I think three-way battles are inherently more interesting. It's also what's great about Zeta Gundam. This one feels kind of like a Dynasty Warriors thing, because you have all the officers that are fighting against each other, and what everybody else is doing literally doesn't matter. Yep. Which, honestly, is kind of to Rundle's point. True. Uh, anyway, Shin and Atherin uh, exchange more fire, and Atherin's like, quit it, Shin. You're embarrassing yourself. I think it's important to note here, Atherin's not in seed mode while he's doing this. <laughs> nope. He just keeps blocking Shin's attacks. And I don't blame him. Shin has just, like, angry lines that'd be very hard to do. The English voice actor is not into it. <laughs> he does not carry it. To be fair, I think very difficult job, actually. But he does not convey the right emotions. I mean, it's entirely possible that when they were supposed to record this one, he showed up with, like, a cold or something like that. I was going to say just hung over from realizing that Destiny's about to end and he's no longer going to get paid for this nonsense. Double O's right around the corner. It uses a lot of the same voice actors. I don't know if it uses chins for anyone, though. So Atherin's like, hey, stop fighting with your mind stuck in the past, which for some reason gets Luna's attention, too. And Atherin has some flashbacks to all his dead family and friends, telling him there's nothing you can do to get it back. Which makes Shin remember Mayu and Stella. And for some reason, this affects Luna, most of all. <laughs> I, I wonder if it's... A, like, I'm not entirely sure what we're supposed to take away from that for Luna. Because we haven't heard of anything in her past that's a problem. It turns out Luna actually has the most tragic backstory of any character in the show. And we just never see it. Her and Marin both. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out the Hawk sisters enlisted early because their parents died in some horrible accident or something. And then Atherin goes, so now you're trying to kill off the future as well. And again, I think the Kira Ray like, philosophizing at each other actually works pretty well. But this one is just not supported because, as I've complained about a thousand times, I don't think Kira and Atherin's argument against the Destiny plan is well explored enough for this to be a strong point for Atherin. It feels like philosophical nonsense. That's what I got the feeling of, too. Like, maybe if they had spent more time backing up what their, like, objections to the plan actually are... Or, like, if the plan itself was more thoroughly exploited. Like, there are so many ways I could have fixed this. And that just causes Shin to rage out. Basically now, saying, I know I'm in the wrong. Well, he says, that's why the world has got to change, and we're going to change it. Like, you are right, but that proves my point, actually. Destroying the future is nonsense. What are you talking about? <laughs> we are trying to create a new and different future. Totally different. Also, Orb needs to burn, I guess. In conclusion, burn Orb. <laughs> that line like horrifies Luna Maria. Yeah, I mean that I kind of buy as being the thing that sways her more than anything because she's actually talked to shit about Orb. I wish we got more of that. If Shin had confided in Luna that he hated Orb, but it was where his parents were laid to rest and he had complex feelings about it, this would work better, I think. Yeah, well, it's a matter of them not doing their homework up to this point beforehand, which is and what it does make a lot of sense because like Luna Maria being horrified at Shin basically saying, okay, it's fine to target and kill off millions of civilians. They're becoming a statistic at this point with all these Death Stars. Atherin tells him to stop kidding himself, though, because Shin is clearly in conflict with himself at this. But then his stronger line is, by doing that, you destroy everything and kill off the future. Atherin, you were so close. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the better line is, is that really the kind of future you want? It's like, a world where you use your power to destroy everything. And Shin starts hyperventilating and remembering all the dead girls he knows. It starts off with a message from his sister's uh, cell phone. And ends with Ray being like, and that's a weakness. You're not going to be able to protect anyone because of it. Which is the point that sways Shin. So he goes However, to hit him to Shining Finger. But Luna gets in the way and tells him to stop. And also tells Atherin to stop. 
which he sees as Mayu and Stella. And this really confuses me. I think what we're supposed to take from it is it is too late for Shin to pull back his attack. And he is like, oh, no, I'm going to kill Luna, too. But that's not what a lot of the body language reads at. It reads more as Shin literally going crazy for a second. I think that's kind of the case here is so much that he sees his actually from the body language there. And because it shows the freedom coming in right afterwards, I think it turns around and he sees the impulse as the freedom. Maybe. I don't know. I think that's what we're supposed to take away from it because it's got a very relatively similar color palette, especially in Shin's unstable state of mind right now. And the reason why I'm thinking that is because of the lighting on the impulse in that scene. And then it follows up with the arrival of the freedom in one of the other conflicts. I can see your argument. There's some weird blocking on it because the freedom in that previous shot shows up on the other side, but that might be just a matter of them using the footage they already have. It just seems like you should animate it in the same position as the impulse if that's what you're going for, but I can buy it. Anyway, Atherin goes into seed mode to protect Luna by shoving his shield. The blocking on it's a little weird because now they're off to the side. I really wish they had drawn like Atherin throwing up the shield from behind her. Well, but or in this particular case, show him like throwing the impulse out of the way, something yeah. to like do that because that. that's that looks like what it's supposed to have done is he's supposed to have moved the impulse physically and caught Shin's shining finger on the shield. Yeah, so he calls him a damn fool, and I do actually really love the bit where he brings down both of the justice's beam sabers and Shin catches them with the shining fingers, but his hands explode after a moment, and then they do a kick clash, but Atherin activates the beam saber on the legs and kicks through the destiny's leg. Which explodes so hard, the Destiny's wings are blown off. <laughs> actually, that was earlier. I actually watched this in slow motion. That does happen when the hands explode. But still, it does not do a good job of showing Destiny getting wrecked. And then Shin has an out-of-body experience Yeah, so here. then Shin starts tripping balls. Uh. Yeah. Interesting place to end the episode. I do think it's a good climax. It more hurts the thing that happens immediately after this. It gets kind of felt like it's rushed through because of where they pull the plug here but this is the eye catch of the original version although it's a late eye catch in that so shin has been banished to the moon yeah after getting saviored with rita repulsa and luna and starscream <laughs> and dracula and sailor moon they can uh they can help provide food yeah so atherin gives a sad look at them deactivates his beam sabers puts them away and goes to work i actually really like that shot of the justice when yeah. he puts the beam sabers back and then is like all right i'm out yeah it is cool zach dabbed so you all know. I want that on the record. <laughs> so we see Shin just floating in space. And then Ghost Stella grabs was like, We haven't done this yet. Who had uh, Ghost Stella and Gundam Bingo? I feel like we talked about this earlier. I, th- I think that one was basically a given. That's almost a free space. I think I had Ghost in Flay. I might, have the wrong, I, m- I might have the wrong card. Imagine if Ghost Flay showed up to Shin. <laughs> Sup, bitch? <laughs> we would have been a way better couple. <laughs> No, Stella shows up and then like, look at my new friend and it's Flay. <laughs> that would have been good too. We're going shopping later anyway. <laughs> we sound a lot alike for some reason. But only in the Japanese version. So that's the end of the episode. What are your thoughts, Tyler? Penultimate episode. Oh boy. Um, I don't know. There are a lot of decent action scenes. There's a lot of like pointless philosophy. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> the, the Destiny experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Rao and Kira stuff works. Ev- or Ray and Kira stuff rather works. Everything else, yeah. Ray Rao Kira stuff. Yeah. And I think even that's like, it goes on just a little bit too long. Yeah, I can see that. I would agree with you on that one, because that that feels like it takes up like half the episode. Well, again, they are trying to stretch, although it was a 55 minute extended ending, but they are trying to get to a certain point to end it on. 
So overall, I <laughs> It's not bad. Like for action sequences, we've definitely seen worse. But like you said uh, a couple of times, it weirdly feels empty as a battlefield. Like as a as a final battle, it feels weirdly like there's not a whole lot of people involved. Despite a bunch of mooks being destroyed all And despite the place. them showing a bunch of mooks being launched. I think part of it is we see these mooks be launched, but then we basically don't ever see them again. Yeah. I think it's better than last episode in that regard about the action just feeling empty and not very exciting. But when I think about the equivalent episodes in Seed, the fights aren't nearly as exciting as that like druggy fight where Kira is trying to get the flay or the ones in the final battle there. And I think a lot of that has to do with what is sacrificed in those. Because we see Mu die, and we like that guy in the penultimate episode of Seed. And we see Nataral die, and we kind of like her too. And we see Azrael die, and boy do we want that motherfucker dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and no one has died in this fight. Yeah, like a lot of people are implied to be in danger. Like the Archangel and the Minerva are fighting, and they are both taking hits. But And uh, I guess with with the change here, we have seen Diarca take a hit. And we, we kind of like that guy, but he's not dead. And Shin being kicked to the moon, even with his out-of-body experience, doesn't really feel like, oh no, Shin! At least not to me. Granted, I feel like that was unlike, that was like one of the last scenes of Shin in the original series. I mean, we, we cut to the what we're going to get to him next anyway. There's more of Shin, but yeah. It's the last time he does anything that might result in his death. You have a high point, Tyler. I think it is actually going to be Shin getting saviored in this episode, uh, mostly because of just how done with this Atherin is, and then he just leaves. Zach? So, uh, Kira savioring Ray, as well as <laughs> his line right before. It's really the line that makes it for me. Yeah. The line was going to be mine. The, like, you, this is your life. Again, I wish it had been set up a little bit more. I wish we had seen Ray struggling with whether or not he's Ray or Rao for like 10 episodes. And there's another thing that falls under that same aegis of, I wish they'd set this up better. Yeah. You mean the same savior? You mean the same justice? The same infinite justice. It's a pun, Zach. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gathering that it's a pun since that's like 90% of Tyler's jokes. I'm just confused as to where it's... You said the same aegis, which is... Oh... <laughs> Oh, that was pretty oh, good. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm just an idiot. Oh, I got you. I got you. Well, so what's your high point um, since I took the line? Oh, obviously. Obviously. Kira, that's an order. Oh, yeah. It happened so long. It feels like it happened so long ago. I do love that part just because of how uncertain he sounds when he says it. Yeah. I kind of wish I had listened to the dub for that because uh, it's very good. One of Matt Hill's best performance, and he was Ed on Ed and Eddie. Tyler, do you have a low point? Um, I think it's actually going to be the whole scene with Durundle playing chess with himself again. Yeah, they added that. I don't why. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I started laughing so much when you said that earlier. I'm like, what was the point? I was thinking the same thing. The whole thing with Raub there it didn't make a lot of sense. But since you took that one, I think I might have to go with Atherin yelling at Shin because you're so close. You're yeah. so close to getting it right. Yeah, it should be the best moment of the series, and it's not. And that's really disappointing. Mm-hmm. Mine is going to be Luna getting mad at Atherin because he took Mayren. Again, kind of get it. You took the bigger ones, I think. But it feels like it's missing something to me. Notice there's a theme yeah, with a lot character of Character motivations. <laughs> Do we have anything else we want to say on this episode? In a vacuum, <laughs> I guess it's not that bad for an action sequence. But it feels like it's missing something, especially when you compare it to its equivalent episode in Gundam Seed. Destiny is very controversial, especially the U.S. fandom mostly does not like it. But it's a lot of people who really don't like it and a lot of people who really like it. And if you're the sort of person who just cares about moments, 
I do kind of get why you might like it. These last episodes have a lot of good moments, but if you're looking at it holistically, they're not supportive. Yeah, the problem is they're trying to pay a bunch of stuff off this episode, and there hasn't been enough buildup. Well, the problem with paying off all the stuff that they want to pay off in this episode is they haven't done their homework on most of it. So, we have two more mobile suits to add to our mobile suit list, and since we just saw the infinite justice to its cool, cool guys don't look at people, they just kick to the moon pose. <laughs> I say we go ahead and add that. Sounds good. I've been going back and forth on this in my head for a long time. The Infinite Justice is, to me, one of the most disappointing mobile suits in Gundam, because it's just the fucking Justice again. It, do- it does feel like that, although the Justice, I don't think, had those sweet shin savers. Yeah, it does not. It doesn't have the grappling thing either. Or And the Infinite Justice also has a more compact backpack. I think the balance on it is much better. We'll mostly see this next episode, but I think it looks fine without its backpack and good with it. I actually think it's an improvement on the Justice, as loath as I am to say that. They also screwed the lamniscate plate to its forehead. <laughs> Looking at it, I, I definitely would agree with you. I think they improved on the Justice's design, even though they didn't, like, they touched up the Justice more or less for the Infinite Justice. It's not, it's nowhere near as big of a change from the freedom to the strike freedom. I also kind of like that it has a silver inner frame, the same way that the strike freedom has a golden one. It's just so much more subtle because silver is so much a subtle, more subtle a color. I also just think it goes directly above the Justice, though. Above it, we have the RX-0 Maru. I would still say I don't like it as much as that. Zach, I know you will like it more, so it comes down to what Tyler thinks. Uh, ninjas. There you go. You got it right <laughs> on, right there. So the Infinite Justice goes at number seven, a very respectable showing for the most disappointing mobile suit in history, in my opinion. Above the Justice Gundam and below the RX-0 Maru. Guys, we're almost done. It's so close. So close. Join us next week when we will be watching Gundam Seed Destiny, Phase 50, The Chosen Future. Until then, only one more to go, baby. It is our destiny. It's a Zath ship, isn't it?